Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. listen. Now, live from Chicago, the Hal Sparks radio program mega worldwide. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Hal Sparks, your comedian and multimedia personality. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hal Sparks. All right, let's do this. All right, so at the, right before we went on the air, I uh, Johnny Million, uh, how are you this fine morning? Um, I'm great this fine morning. It's been crazy. Yeah, yeah I, okay, so right before we went on the air, I sent Johnny down a rabbit hole of uh, George Santos' tweets um, because after being, um, you know, kicked to the curb um, by, uh, by his fellow Republicans, he decided, I guess— to go on some sort of like uh, slaughter fest. He's just, he's, he's not holding anything back. His last, let me just say his, his pinned tweet right now is, is just the two is just chapter two. That's all he's doing. He oh is retweeting uh, Laura Loomer, who is posting um, uh, stuff about Nicole Malio uh, Takas, um, who's the, another New York rep. About uh, like how she magically uh, invested became in, in, uh, a savant with, with investing, <laughs> right? Instantly, uh, the, he's the, the guy who's getting suspended and yeah. going like, "Oh yeah, well, let me just tell yeah. you, like if they got if they told on me, I'm telling on them." That's exactly, and he is just dumping online right now, and he's got a um, lot. He's got right. a lot. He does. Now, he, he is peppering it with stuff against Jamal Bowman for the, for pulling the fire alarm and getting the misdemeanor against him and being really, really stupid. Oh, my God, Hal Vickery. Thank you so much. Hal Vickery. Uh, super chat. Lovely. Uh, the support of the of the people for the show and keeping us going over these many, many years is just a lovely, lovely thing. And uh, thank you for helping us grow. Thank you to our patrons. Thank you to people who super chat during the show. You guys are lovely yeah. and generous and wonderful and Oh, it just fills me with the holiday spirit, along with the idea that George Santos is just. I well, I said it, Johnny Million. You the hell you know, with this I place. Said, I, yeah, right. Just turning over the desk. I said there would not be enough popcorn for 2023, and we are just sliding into home base, covered in in caramel Seriously. corn at this point. It's so good. He's uh, he goes uh, he goes on Monday. I'll be filing an ethics complaint against Rep. Mike Lawler for que- uh, questionable campaign finance violations. Monday, I will be filing it, an official it, complaint. And believe me, I know questionable campaign violations. Yeah, right. I yes, I know where all the bodies are buried because I still got the shovel. To quote the man in the uh, Mark Wahlberg shooter. Oh, thank you for becoming a patron. Look at that. Um, is that Y tube? I can't read it. It's so small on my side, but there it is. One, one dumb. Yeah. Anyways, bless you. Thank you for becoming a patron. Uh, Patreon.com slash house parks. It's just lovely. Uh, okay. So, uh, they, they, I don't know why, but they're really T-dub. going after, M- M- uh, Nicole Malio Takis and calling her M- Nicole Malio stock tips. <laughs> so he's doing the Trump nickname thing. He is. It, I would argue, though, but smarter because that's that's a play oh, on her name, well. and it's kind of it, it's kind of euphonic. It fits. It's not it's not a direct rhyme, but it's you know it's fun. It's a party time. All right, <laughs> let me submit this. I think he, he is 
He has no moral compass. He there's something wrong, but he's a little clever and he's a little. Well, you'd sad. have to be. He'd have yeah, because to, to get away with what he's gotten away with. I mean, right. he's been he has been juking and bobbing and weaving yeah. his whole, whole career. Life. Yes. And what do you do? Here's the thing. This is this is what people should have learned from Trump. And now they will definitely learn from the Santoses of the world. And this might maybe just possibly be a teachable moment for Republicans. Let me tell you what this is. <laughs> this is the, one of the ways that con men and people like the Trumps and Santoses of the world get ahead the way they do is by cozying up to you and getting all your dirt so that eventually if you figure out what they're up to you can't out them without outing yourself that is a yeah, primary it's the way cult it's the way like the, yes. the creepy it's cults Scientology. Work. he's the yeah, yeah he's the Scientology. Scientology clear machine of the Republican party he hooked them all up to the anti theta machine and, you know, uh, nipple clamped them up to an electrode and said, you know, tell me all your past bad behavior. He's got he's posted video of uh, of another New York Republican. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, Brandon for New York 22. I don't know which Brandon um, basically at a Christmas party. I didn't know um, any of the names that he was putting up. Me neither. Because they're all the Republicans around him because they were in the New York delegation. So he's those are the first people he got dirt on. Thank you, Cat Cookie. Sock Nitty uh, yeah. just came through with a crazy super chat. I've seen Sock Nitty on my, uh, uh, on my Sock stream. Nitty, thank you. Happy Santos spills the tea day. Oh, my God. And this Cat is so Cookie, good. oh, my word. Lovely. Thank you so much, you guys, for the support and taking care of us the way you do and making the show possible. Uh, Sincerely. Just, and I want you all to know that was very kind to me. Yeah. Well, we, you know, the I people, just, people think people actually think that like that you, you like, you just kind of take advantage of me. Like, oh yeah, Johnny's just there to do hell's bidding. They have no idea how nice <laughs> you are to me. Aw, I think they have some idea, some they, idea, you know, but I, de- I defend you to just tooth and nail. <laughs> They're like, cause some people will be like, you know, how could probably treat you better. And I'm like, how could Hal treat me better? Yeah, it's it's I mean, I would literally have to be in Chicago doing the show just so I could give you a neck massage. Exactly. Oh, let me tell you this. Hal gives amazing neck massages. There you go. Thank you. I for the record. Yeah, yeah. Um, And this is from a guy who used to make fun of me for hugging girls in high school. And no, no, no. They were. I was jealous. Oh, I see. I got it. I I didn't. Yeah. So what did I do as a high school kid? I was jealous of you. So what do I do? Mock funny. Right. Sure, Mark sure, you. sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I remember um, in Kathy's apartment, um, when she lived like on Sheridan, like mm-hmm. like Northside, I had just like started working out again and I completely blew out my shoulders. And you rubbed my neck and shoulders mm-hmm. when we were watching a movie. Holy moly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, thumbs and elbows, all thumbs and elbows. Yeah. I can, I can mix and match. And and, it's, and, it's, and it's you got solid. the little, the little. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, oh, cat, thank you so much for that. They, yeah, that's just lovely. Um, also, here's how bad you can tell. Um, I'll, I'll side cul-de-sacs into my, uh, you know, uh, finger manipulation skills uh, aside. Um, here's how bad you can tell that George Santos tea spilling is. He's retweeting Laura Loomer. Laura Loomer, for those of you that don't know, is a tick 
that rides on the back of Marjorie Taylor Greene's neck all the time. She is a woman who has been trying to out MAGA MTG since she got in or since she got in the circle anyways. And because um, I don't I, I don't think she's in. She ran and she lost or whatever, but she's just been kind of like, all right, if you're going to let her in, but not me and I'm dragging everybody down, too. So she. Yep. On, all the time on her Telegram channel is always dumping on MTG, right? So uh, again, uh, this would be her function as a useful idiot. She would the the two the the her broken clock stuff is when she decides to get a, a wild bug up her rear about MTG on you know twice a day, <laughs> and apparently she just decided to go after Dan Crenshaw. Now, Dan Crenshaw, the, the you know the uh, uh, Republican uh, who has the patch, many people know him as as that. He's a Texas Republican. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, he goes. Uh, Since we're talking about members of Congress who are participating in insider trading, let's talk about anti-Trump Congressman Dan Crenshaw. Which I, by the way, I don't know how anti-Trump he actually is. She goes. Do you remember when he said he wanted to ban TikTok? Well, he doesn't want to ban TikTok. He just wants to make money off his big uh, other big tech stocks. Spoiler: He's got a lot. He bought Meta on ten twenty five twenty two, and shortly after, he argued wow. for banning TikTok. On October twenty twenty two, he bought Meta stock for a dollar one hundred thirty dollars a share. April twenty twenty three, backs a ban. And, uh, the band TikTok. Um, let's see. Uh, price then one thirty. Price today three twenty four. Currently up one hundred fifty percent over the trade. Stock trading needs to be banned for members of Congress and their spouses. Right? Okay. Uh, yeah. Secondly, I would argue, for the record, that um, bet, betting on Facebook if you're trying to ban TikTok is not the one to one. TikTok has a lot more alignment with Snapchat or Twitter than it has with Facebook. It is not a direct yeah, competitor for that. So I, I don't know that she has a case there uh, except for the fact that maybe reels and shorts are, you know, on Facebook and other stuff are competing for those things. And the, uh, but the, the reality is, is here's, I'll tell you exactly why Dan Crenshaw bought Facebook stock when it was $130 a share or something is because uh, at that time, M- Musk was uh, talking about how much he, you know, was uh, he bought Twitter and what the advertising was going to be like. And somebody went and looked at <clears throat> like how well it's doing. And in that comparison, there's Facebook and then there's everybody else. And if you look at their return on their advertising, it's enormous compared to everyone else. And so the obvious okay. thing is that, you know. They're the, they've got the spread, they've got the growth, and they've got an actual money-making functional system already where even if Twitter takes time to get up and running, it's privately owned now anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this uh, with more of the tea, as it were, more of the tea, as it were. And also, my favorite uh, story um, about the Re- Freedom Caucus, which opens with a quote um, from another Republican congressperson, they're just a bunch of idiots. I, I, I'll be back right so after this. So many super chats. So oh, many I know. Chats. Oh, Arizona Sunflowers, thank you so much. And Tom Ward and Wes Webb and, Tom, and Kona. Thank you, guys. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program. Mega Worldwide. All right, I got. I have to share this one. Uh, let's see. It's the, the, the news on this one because I, uh, I got to say... Um, this is um this I think the Washington Post is this the Washington Post yeah I think it might be um this article um but the opening of it is just fantastic they're just a bunch 
of idiots. This is a, <laughs> a, a, a quote. A quote by uh, a uh, one of McCarthy's allies speaking on condition of uh, scamanimity um, that was uh, or wait. No, it was, I guess. Uh, yeah, well, it might be they're, they're intermixed in there. There's a bunch of people. So if you'll recall, let me bring you up to speed in case you've been in a coma or in cryogenic freeze um, like Han Solo, um, where your last words were. I know um, the, the Republicans ousted Kevin McCarthy because he put forward a continuing resolution to move, you know, to just basically carry the budget forward that uh, Biden had already passed, that they'd agreed to early in the year and just wanted to move on with it so they could fight other battles. Ironically, so they could fight their more social battles that would tee them up for the election next year. So this was McCarthy's strategy. And as dumb as he is, because it wasn't it was like a group strategy by the leadership of the Republican Party and the RNC, like in general, and the and the House GOP was, hey, this this like debt ceiling thing and shutting down the government never works for us. We've tried it a bunch of times. It doesn't convince anybody. We might have some like people that we've talked about the debt and we sold that for a long time because we you know we we wound these people up with this idea, right? We wound the them up. The only lasting said, impact is that it kind of helps solidify what aboutism. Right. Yeah. But even then, it, when Trump, all it does remind everybody that Trump is responsible for a third of our national debt right now. So it doesn't work. It doesn't it didn't work during the uh, the debt ceiling argument. It didn't work down uh, during June's or like May, June shutdown. None. It didn't benefit them. They looked at the polls. It didn't help. And as a matter of fact, people think it was partly responsible for why they didn't get a bigger um you know, share uh, why there was no red wave because yeah, the big red wave distrust, that right? That they were the chaos coalition was catching on. So McCarthy decides what's their big win: border and uh, social issues. Maybe they can. Uh, they still are doubling down on the abortion nonsense, but because they really do think there's a, a gold vein to be mined there, they're wrong. I don't either, but they really do think that. And so his yeah. plan was, and it's again. It, they are stupid people with a good plan, which, again, it doesn't matter how good your plan is if the people implementing it are morons. And and we saw <laughs> the same thing on January 6th, although I would argue the plan was weak to begin with as well. It, it was a double Not whammy a of plan. idiots. Dumb plan run by dummies. Right. So he it, McCarthy had this idea. We'll just we'll punt. We'll do the CR. And then we'll make the argument in the presidential year that we just have to live with his budget and we'll use that to get the president elected. We'll use that to get Trump elected. We'll use that to re-solidify our, our base around fiscal conservatism and go, we don't have enough people. You've got to come out for us to do this. But on the social issue, we can bury them on the border and bury them on crime and bury them on the, on abortion. That's their theory. And that was what he was, that was his strategy. And I got news for you. It was partially working. The conversation about crime, the conversation about the border was starting to gain traction. And even, you know, New York Times, Washington Post, what what they always considered the liberal media was running articles about this stuff. They were talking about the border in the using the same terms as the Republicans. It was taking yeah, video, hold. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was actually working. And then <laughs> Matt Gates rolls in and and just decides to uh, turn the. Thanksgiving table over, smash the whole thing to pieces and get, you know, get out McCarthy. Who cares who fills in? We'll get somebody else. And that person will know that next they have to listen to me or the same thing will happen to them. 
So get Mike Johnson in. Nobody's heard of him. And Mike Johnson does the exact same thing. Mike, Mike Johnson, after a little bit of tap dancing, is doing the exact same thing McCarthy was doing. Uh, he, they, they continued uh, the resolution, the $1.59 trillion budget that was, that passed. They're continuing that exact one. And the argument that they made at their little gaggle that they had with, uh, well, you know, with the Republicans when they all gathered, uh, you know, they, they always come out and do one of these, like, uh, my colleagues and I, we're, we're standing up for the American people and blah, like that, that, you know, which is necessary. And you gotta get, you gotta basically, Beyond what you vote for and beyond what you say on the floor, which people might not say, people may pay, pay a little more attention to these little press gaggles with eight or ten Congress people because the news will be watching them and it will spread out through everybody's constituency. So what happens is they may not catch if you're a Texas congressperson, your district might make a little blurb about something you say on the floor, but they'll definitely add the footage or the words you said when you're amongst a group of other Republicans, because it seems more formative. And that's why these things happen. So they come out and do this. And Scott Perry, who is, again, king of the morons uh, in this particular like free dummy caucus strategy that just just are rake stomping everywhere they go. They come out and uh, and and announce that they're going to vote for uh, the carry through of this one point five nine trillion dollar budget for, you know, for the fiscal year. And they had a uh, proposal that would have forced Congress to cut three hundred fifty billion, uh, one, cutting it down to one point four seven one trillion dollars for the twenty twenty four fiscal year. But um <laughs> They they can't get it passed because wait for it. Red states need the more the money more than blue states do. That's why. That's why. That they the reason they can't get it passed is because their own constituency, their own uh, their own caucus outside of the the rest of the Republican Party is going. What are you doing? The stuff you're cutting goes right to my state. Right. Exactly. We're we're trying to pretend we're autonomous and we don't need the federal government and we could drown in a bathtub and stuff. But all the red states would suffocate if we didn't. Yeah, I need my link card. Like, you know, how they talk about the the death tax all the time. They're always talking about the death, the wealth, the wealth uh, transfer got to abolish the death tax. That's right. We've got to abolish the. You know, um, which we by the way, for the record, we have. For everybody except people who just got lucky in the stock market, pretty much. Like farmers, anybody that wants to pass on a business, there's so many ways around the tax burden so you can leave your business to your kids and stuff like that. The problem is is that if you have a Trump-like business, that's not what they want to do. They just want to pass on the cash and and have those kids go, I earned it by putting up with my dad. And like, okay, that's not a job. No, but there there are ways that very – very profitable <laughs> people who are trying to leave money to their kids will slowly like give a little gift every year yeah. just just to keep the the IRS from looking into a clue. There are ways yeah. to do this. Oh, absolutely. And most people do it and are and and get by just fine. And the IRS doesn't come down on them because it becomes a you know a functional like somebody building a, a reasonable nest egg and passing it on to kids. No problem with that whatsoever. Most right. people don't have a problem with that. It's the it's the slapdash version of the Trumpies of the world or the Kushners of the world that make it sketchy where they own real estate and then they sit on it and, uh, and manipulate the market. 
And then people but, um, living in mobile homes are voting to save the billionaires. Yes, exactly. That I mean, that uh, the irony of that is not lost on anyone, I don't think. But so anyways, so their argument was they came out and Scott Perry and all these guys said, we're we're uh, we're keeping our commitment to our constituents who voted us in by not adding to Biden's one point five nine trillion dollar budget for the fiscal year. Cool. That's we'll how they're that doing. That's, let's call that paid for. Let's call it balanced. Uh, we'll do nothing. They'll do everything. And then we won't take any money out because if we did, red states all over the place would collapse under the weight of their own debt. And uh, and blue states would be, you know, would just keep their money and invest it locally. <laughs> like, we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Uh, it's the House Mark Radio program, Mega Worldwide, now with 100% more Johnny Million. You know, he's got two channels now. He's got a YouTube.com slash It's Johnny Million and a Twitch.tv slash It's Johnny Million. I'm on, you know, I'm, I've got the Hal Sparks channel on YouTube, which you can go to within infotainmentwars.com. And we will have questions in our second hour for Philip Bittner, who's going to join us from Ukraine. Yeah. From there, we'll be back. You're locked into the Hal Sparks radio program. Mega Worldwide. Uh, to quote uh, the, the people who are not in the, uh, amongst the Freedom Caucasians, uh, what this goes to show is that everything that's been happening over the last few months is based entirely on ignorance or a lack of information or understanding, said another McCarthy ally who spoke on the condition of anonymity to discuss internal party tensions about the far right flank. They're just a bunch of idiots. Freedom Caucus members said the calculation, listen to this, Johnny Million, was more to do with timing. Blaming okay. McCarthy for not adhering to their demands earlier in the year. They also agreed that they came around after recognizing the Senate had marked up their appropriations bill to a significantly higher level, making $1.59 trillion a realistically achievable cut to current levels. Moderate Rep. Uh, Joyce, uh, Republican of Ohio, serves on the Appropriations Committee, said the Senate is overshooting the codified top line, and House Republicans marking up their bills under it meant that the two chambers would likely land back at the number agreed to by McCarthy and Biden. That was the point, is that here's... They they want to cut. They were selling this idea. The, the Freedom Caucasians were like, we need to cut three hundred fifty billion from this. And so they send a bill up to that Senate and the Senate takes the baseline one fifty nine, adds three hundred fifty billion to it, sends it back and goes, ah, have at it. Go ahead. Cut your three hundred fifty yeah, billion. Oh, what exactly are we supposed to cut? I don't know. You figure that part out. Just a bunch of idiots. It's so good. Now, in the meantime, Johnny Mellon, oh, strange woman uh, lying in ponds, uh, distributing swords has gifted subscriptions. Yeah, you can do that as well. That's that's really lovely of you. Hold on one second. So the um, the other thing that came up, and you you'll recall this, Johnny Mellon, I I'm sure is uh, that is uh, the big story, the huge story. McCarthy was going to release all the footage from Jan Six, all forty six billion hours of it. Oh, yeah. Um, and and flip, apparently in flip book form. So you could go frame by frame like it was a, a Ooh, like it was yeah. a billion Zabruder films. And they would mm-hmm. they would be able to and he would give it to the press and everybody could look at it. And, uh, and then that got narrowed down to, well, just Tucker Carlson and not giving it to Tucker Carlson, but just giving him and his staff the ability to go to this one place and look at it and take whatever they want. But they have to go through it at this place because there were still security concerns about, again, the positioning of certain doors in the Capitol, positioning of certain cameras in the Capitol. The FBI dressing up as MAGA Trump Republicans. Don't want to see that. And 
you don't want them gaining all that weight and uh, and and developing type two diabetes, you know, in the greatest undercover sting action, you know, since since uh, uh, I guess what um, uh, Christian Bale played Cheney. Um, you, you wouldn't want you you wouldn't want to have them go that all that go to waste, would you? Well, one uh, they went uh, the one of the first things that came out was. The the uh, the the way that Mike Johnson got his job essentially right now was a couple of the deals that he made, and they were they were way easier deals to make than the previous uh, deals that McCarthy was forced to make because nobody expected another person to fall for this idiocy again. Nobody was going to go, oh, we'll just let whoever you know dictate whether I stay in office. That's brilliant. So nobody expected whether it was any of the other people they were voting for, Scalise or even Jim Jordan or whatever, if they'd have made it to to have to follow those rules. Right. Nobody did that. So so Mike Johnson got an easier ride, quite frankly, into the speakership than McCarthy did to do the exact same thing. Yeah. So uh, it's all just petty. The other thing was and um, is what the, releasing all this footage, 46,000 hours of Jan 6 footage available to everyone. And they're like, it's finally happening. And we, I saw on my regular live stream, we've seen it a couple times over the last couple of weeks. Oh, my God. It was just a tourist activity. Look at all these peaceful people just walking down hallways, doing nothing. So nice. I don't even see any video of cops getting hit. The cops started it. That's my favorite new one, was that they wouldn't have, that the maggots wouldn't have charged up the steps and attacked the cops if the cops hadn't fired um, tear gas and others and smoke into the crowd that had already breached the line and beat up cops to do it. Uh, like, I don't know. Uh, what was, I, why didn't they roll out the, um, the red carpet, you know? Oh, is it micro? Is that, is that what we're calling him? Um, all right. So this is uh speaker Johnson and the committee of, uh, there was a motion that they put forward. Uh, Speaker Johnson and the committee have recognized the continued privacy and security concerns in releasing the footage. They, they, they're releasing a limited, amount of the footage there, which is great. So they, they're slow rolling it. We were going to do, we'll do section one. We'll release this amount and then we'll release a little more and then a little more. And that's how it, except uh, they released the first tranche and then they just are going to blow off the rest. So um, um, <laughs> they, uh, uh, let's see the, let's see, what is it? U S attorney for Washington DC, Michael Graves challenged calls to lift the pre- protective order uh, on the footage in Friday court filing that notes that the speaker has only been managed to uh, a has only been able to manage a quote limited release. Speaker Johnson and the committee have recognized the continued privacy and security concerns in releasing such footage. The motion reads, as of the date of this motion, the committee's online viewing room appears to have made only approximately ninety clips, forty six thousand hours. By the way, forty six thousand hours. They've been made only approximately ninety clips of surveillance footage publicly available. Johnson initially promised to make the footage available as he tried to appease Republican lawmakers, angered by his decision to work with Democrats and keep the government funded. The New York Times noted at the time, the footage has long been demanded by far right Republicans who all think that that. And this is the premise, right, Johnny Million? Follow me. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Yeah. Uh, the the people that showed up for Donald Trump that way thought the election had been stolen and thought Mike Pence was going to maybe change his mind, throw it back to the legislatures and state legislatures would bring in their own uh people their own uh electors and the the people from ted cruz coordinating with the republicans in the house they would 
drag the vote to a halt. And those people would be there just to make sure that Mike Pence did what he said he was not going to (laughs) do. So so Donald Trump says you're going to have to walk down there peacefully and patriotically. But if Mike Pence doesn't have the strength to do what's going, you're going to have to be strong or we won't have a country left, which means you're going to have to kill him. Right. Don't tear up the shrubbery on your way down there uh, and keep it on the DL so so that they don't expect you to build the gallows on the grounds. So uh, the other thing is, is but but the premise of the right wing conspiracy is, is that maggots in general, followers of Donald Trump and Republicans, uh, uh, you know, far right conservatives and Republicans are so dough headed and simple that all they wanted to do was storm up the uh, bring Confederate flags, guns, knives, uh, you know, provisions to hold siege the Capitol on the steps, like for days and days. While Mike Pence, you know, while the electors rode on horseback down and picked up the new electors and rode back and, you know, swapped them out like it's the 1800s in some weird version of the postman that they all live in. And that while they were never busy building the gallows. Sure. Absolutely. But that they were going to just sit there and hang out and until this as this all played out. But some FBI informant slash agent, which they don't seem to know the differences, whispered in the ear of these folks and said the magic words. Ray Epps said the magic words. And the magic words were, hey, man, cool it. The cops are just doing their job. And apparently in MAGA world, where back the blue is an ironic hashtag, that is the code for it's go time. It's go time that if you and wow. by the way, never whisper that in your weird uncle's ear at, at, at a holiday dinner. Ne- never walk up to your MAGA relative and whisper in their ear. Take it easy, man. The cops are just doing their job because they'll go into like Manchurian candidate mode and start tearing stuff up. And they'll I, I guess they'll go to their car and get a Confederate flag, start running around your living room with it. And take a dump in the kitchen. I don't know what, you know, it'll just trigger their programming, I guess, because because maggots are so this is their argument, not my argument. This is not my argument. This is not I'm not saying this, Johnny Million. I'm saying that according according to the right wing, you know, MAGA machine, if you tell these people to go easy on uh, on the cops and, and, you know, and not attack, that's they will they will attack. That's, yeah, that's they'll stab right. you. How do you not? How do you not expect them? How do you not? Yes, they're the, they're the, yeah. I wouldn't call them the winter soldiers. I'd call them more like the winter wanderers. It's a winter wanderland, and they. So that's that is that is, and so supposedly the footage was going to show that there were FBI. They would see who was whispering to who, whispering the magic words that turned these all these. Uh, free floating idiots into robot idiots and drove them into the Capitol to cr- commit acts of violence against police officers and eventually get a woman shot and uh, stomp another woman to death who was dying of a, of an overdose at the time. And then get the very cops that they were beating moments ago to try and revive her after they notice she's down. Right. That, that, that crowd, all they were going to do was lay siege to the Capitol from the outside until an FBI agent met, whispered the magic words and off they went. That's the that's the plan. And that this footage will show that they will show 
that not only were these people peaceful up until the point where police started responding to violence that was never happening in the first place, um, but that they'll be able to pick out of the crowd the, the whisperers, the maggot whisperers. That's the theory. And so they've been waiting for uh, Mike Johnson to release this footage so that they can scour through it and find out who the FBI MK Ultra hypnotists were that were wearing Jiminy Glick fat suits wandering around with, you know, bottles of Gatorade around them. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I kill because the top of the mountain is my only territory. N- no fear shirts that are stretched to their absolute limits, wearing socks and sandals to an insurrection, which, you know, <laughs> again, if you needed more evidence that it wasn't going to work. That and right. that, that, that's uh, that's that's all you need. Um, so we got to we got to take a break uh, again. It's the House Park Radio program, Mega Worldwide. The so far ninety clips, ninety. Yeah, the Gravy Seals. A lot of people call them. Those are the oh, people who are good. dressed for war. Yeah, the Gravy Seals. Uh, uh, apparently, they just showed up. They were just going to stand there and protect police officers from peaceful MAGA people. I don't know why you would need to drive to Washington, D.C. to plan that in your head if you didn't think there was going to be violence to start with. It's interesting. <clears throat> but uh, then you decided, ah, heck with it. Let's go in. And so they, they, they do these single file columns into the Capitol, which there's plenty of video of. And all of those guys have been arrested. And all of them are like, if they let me out, I'll do it again. And you're like, that's not. That, that's, is the FBI like the mafia where like you get stripes for doing your time and keeping your mouth shut? So we're just the Biden DOJ is jailing their own informants. I don't I can't figure this out. I can't figure it out. I am. I'm baffled. I am. The logic is so poor. I can't make it work. It's it's if this was a movie, I'd walk out. We'll be back right after this This is the House Rocks radio program. Mega worldwide. You're locked into the House Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Sometimes we just get into a, a little like uh, MAGA uh, like circle where the rest of you almost need like a palate cleanser to sure. remind yourself of that. Oh, there's a there's actually life out there. Uh, Johnny, uh, and by the way, uh, I would like to compliment you on your uh, T-shirt wear on the show today, which people can can see. He's wearing a King's X shirt. And if you don't know King's X, uh, you should know King's X musically. Um, uh, The way it was Clarence Williams, the third, I beg beg your pardon, who we were talking about during the break, who's in um, in deep cover. I don't know why they buried him so far down in the credits when I was looking for it. I was blitzing on Clarence Williams's name. Um, just a fantastic actor with such clarity and and realism and and genuine emotion in his eyes. You know, he's present in everything, yeah, yeah. which is what I always look for. I, one of the things I always hate in an actor is if you can see the page, you can see them right. wrestling with the page. Um, and uh, and and you never can with him. Just yeah, he was Lincoln Hayes. That's right. You're right. Thank you. Um, uh, it, he was. I wasn't alive then, and I didn't have a TV till I was 15. So I used a TV reference earlier, which was my mistake uh, for, that, for a 60s TV reference at that uh, or early 70s. Anyways, point being, 
Um, sometimes you just need a palate cleanser on that. And I'm wearing a nice guys t-shirt because if you haven't seen the movie, the nice guys, you have to. Uh. Um, and, and I, I, I have to say this, this, one of the people who went to the floor of the house this week to, uh, for lack of a better word, fetch about the, the deal that they made and the, and the, and the big stupid that is the Republican Party's, I, I, I am hesitant to call it strategy. I don't think you can call it a strategy when you let, when you let Matt Gates do it. When Matt Gates is in charge of whatever it is, it ain't a strategy. It's, yeah, it's a, maybe at best a roll of the dice. Maybe at best. You know what I mean? Like maybe we'll yeah. get lucky. Maybe this is, maybe it'll be random enough that, you know, anything's better than this. Is the is the theory, which is not true. And by the way, this is the same crap that they complain about from, you know, Marxist lefties who want to destroy the country and believe we need to tear it all down and start over. And, you know, and the you know, the riots of 2020 and all the people that were, you know, the idea that BLM is run by Marxists and all that. Kind of, all that complaint boils down to the fact that um, at essence, those people want to bring down society and start from scratch, either in this idea uh, on the on the left that we've mucked it up and it was this utopian kind of, uh, you know, lions and lambs living together, Eden view of, of human interaction before governments and nation states happened. This fantasy that that's how things used to work when it never did. Yeah. And then, on, you know, but if you knock it all down, and you start from scratch, it'll be a big kumbaya thing. It'll be it'll be like right after a hurricane for a little while, like when everybody's, you know, kind of helping each other until the looting starts. Like in between yeah. in between the hurricane and the looting, that period. They, yeah, nice the Susan the Sarandons world. of the world, like they that's the idea. Is if we can just tear this down, its default position is kumbaya, my lord, and it ain't. On the right wing, there is a similar fantasy. There is a, it is identical, I would argue. But they think that if you knock it all down, it doesn't go back to some sort of campground. It goes back to the Wild West. And if I'm armed and we and society collapses, I'll be the gunslinger with the fastest draw. They, you can tell they all live within that fantasy. And Chip Roy is one of those guys. Chip Roy is, is uh, I guess, labors under the hilarious misapprehension that he would be an alpha in the old West. And um, yes, uh, yes, especially, yeah. Can't stop lying. Bless you. Yeah, especially Gorka. Sebastian Gorka is one of the people in Trump's cabinet who thinks somehow that, it, that in his mind, they're all gunslingers. Uh, to it, I would argue um, most of those folks died of gangrene from nicks and cuts so uh, the idea that we're going to, again, when you when you zero society back to its baseline, I'll tell you, one thing there isn't is ammo factories. Nobody's making a lot of ammo, guys. You're going to make your own. Good luck with that. Stuffing musket balls down a, a barrel with a stick and, and, and going, how fast we get back to machine guns? That was a game. That was fun. And and on the far left, there's no such thing as universal health care when everyone's got gangrene and and cholera. <laughs> so, yeah, right. When when, yeah. when the doctor is sick and his suggestion is a leech, 
I don't know. Maybe we try leeches again. Maybe that was a big lie. Maybe, maybe I mean, the elites told us that leeches don't work, right? Okay. Both of these, both those groups are the same people. They're the exact same people. They just were born into families that either sent them to Jesus camp or a Montessori school where they, you know, where all the the crack, the crackers have to be ethically sourced and cast no shadow, otherwise they're you know environmentally unfriendly. And so they're at the extreme ends of these two spectrums. Tons of overlap. That would be what we call horseshoe theory out there. While the rest of us, uh, it seems are trying to just get on with it. <laughs> it's trying to recognize that, you know, society is on its way. We're not at the end. And, ever, you know, this this goes back to sort of the, the uh, all the evangelicals that are always convinced that the rapture is going to happen on their watch. It hasn't happened for 2,000 years. But now that I'm here, this is it. Is the same thing on the sort of uh, scientific uh, social side of things where you're like, okay, so human beings have been interacting for millennia and they've been warring and doing all kinds of stuff. But now that I'm here, this is the end of the conveyor belt. I'm going to put the finishing touch on the on the toy before it ships. Everything, you know, everybody else has been tinkering with this thing and they haven't got it right. But I'm just going to put the finishing touch, you know, paint a smile on it and off it goes. Yeah. And that uh, both of those theories are I, I'm here to tell you lunacy. <laughs> that it, it is not how anything works. It's never been how humanity works. And the idea that um, you can even, even if it turns out that you were right in either of those circumstances, the way to make those two things not happen is to act like it. Because literally the Bible says nobody will know when the rapture is coming. So if you go, I figured it out, you'll stop it from happening because it, it has to reset, doesn't it? Thank you, Roy, for becoming a Patreon. That's lovely. Um, and and on the you know social science end of it, like I finally figured out how to bring people together. Um, and then you tell them, uh, look what happened to Jesus. They nailed him to something. You know, there's a point where uh, you're going that process is going to be a process until it's until people have forgotten there was a process even needed. And one of the examples I would give of that is what I would call the graveyard tap dancing that happens when someone awful goes. And that brings us to uh, the kind of crisscross of Rosalind Carter passing and being lovely and Henry Kissinger dying and not. And I think we can all agree. I think we can all agree. Uh, Henry Kissinger is, uh, is, in, in, in the arc of humanity on the bad form of almost everything. Ugh. His last international visit was to the CCP, who viewed him as a crucial ally. Now, why, why, why would the architect of some of the dumber strategies around Vietnam be considered a crucial ally to the CCP, a, a long-term friend of the CCP? Well, if you don't know that China attacked Vietnam after we did, you might never put it together. One of the reasons why there was a, a, a measured failure based on the, uh, the, the ideology and the, and the strategic thinking of Kissinger is that that was part of the plan. That Kissinger himself was a, a Machiavellian figure with no allegiance to anyone except himself and whatever, you know, power and strategy he could, he could get and effectively positioned himself as a person who would suggest strategies and messaging around the Vietnam War that would ultimately make it unwinnable. Mm -hmm. 
and then advised the uh, the CCP, the Chinese government, from that point on, and, and perhaps during, I mean, we can't really tell because, uh, you know, we don't have the media to, then that we have now. But recognizing the fact that uh, all along this way, this would this would be helping them set this up. And then when it didn't work out, they bugged out and, and helping them just economically open to the West and build this uh, bide your time and hide your strength strategy that we've heard so much. Yeah. Kissinger himself very well could have just been on the CCP's side since the 60s. And everybody along the way who was like, well, he gave some good advice, and this one little piece worked, but this part didn't. Yeah, Cambodia was one of his uh, impact points. And and the strategy that the CCP has had since its post-Vietnam era has been to uh, bully and marginalize everyone else in the South China Seas and take over any possibility of industrialization by them uh, ever since. And Kissinger being, you know, applauded by the CCP in his last round before he passes away at 100 years old, because only the good die young, um, <laughs> very, very clearly uh, should draw attention to the that. fact, <laughs> should very clearly draw attention to the fact that Kissinger himself and the, and the CCP have been trying to gut the smaller countries in the South China Sea and effectively tourniquet India's um, attachment to the rest of the world around that channel since the 60s. And that that may have been more than any other aspect of his, you know, his advising our leaders and advising their leaders, his primary plan, his primary focus was growing the CCP into the monster that it is today at the expense of not just the United States, but of India and and every small country in the South China Seas, and I would argue as well, perhaps uh, out of vengeance against Japan at one point, but certainly South Korea as well, and Japan. And again, will this be a teachable moment for when people are giving you long-term advice that doesn't work out, continuing to listen to them without at least understanding that they might be on the other side of the table. We'll be back with uh, Philip Bittner, who's live in Ukraine right after this uh, commercial break. Like, subscribe, give a thumbs up right now while you're in here. Chat room, help us uh, let people see us. That'll help. Give a like. We'll be back. People walk out of me before, but not anymore. I was being so charming. Video streaming at housefarms.com. Well, I don't care for you or for the people like you're trawling out. Plus, Facebook, True progressive talk. Might be a good time for you guys to give up. Well, uh, the the weather outside uh, might not be frightful where you are yet, uh, but it certainly is where our dear friend Philip Itner is. He's in Ukraine yeah. right now. Uh, Johnny Millions mm-hmm. with us as well, and uh, and Johnny will be watching for our uh, our questions in the chat room. If you have a question for Phil, he's in Ukraine right now in Kiev. He is indeed, for those of you listening on the radio, wearing a Santa hat, at, which has been mm-hmm. um, a, a request for quite some time. I think just to you know because there of you the, go. because of the beard in general. And, and, yeah, and I have deal. a little, and I, I have a little something to play here, and okay. I checked that it was non proprietary. 
So right. here we go. Now, now, now I'll explain why I'm playing this, but give me a minute and see if, if you can recognize this tune. Okay. I don't hear it yet. Let's see if I can get it. No, we don't hear it yet. No. We'll hear it. Here it comes. Oh, sure. Now, yeah. Now, first of all, I, a, I, on, on the one hand, I feel like I'm full of charisma spirit all of a sudden. And on the other hand, I feel like I'm about to fall down the, a flight of steps in an omen movie. So there's yes. a thin line in the, in the sound. Okay. Well, this song, this song mm-hmm. is called Shudrick. It is not the song that we know, which is the choir of the bells. And this is with the, 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 the choir, yeah, the carol, of bells. Right. Carol, carol or the choir. Yeah. Carol, yeah. generally carol. Uh, it, well, anyhow, uh, which is the English language version. Yeah. Did you, Everybody do you know who wrote by the, the Trans-Siberian you know? Orchestra? Who's the right. only transsexual orchestra in the world? <laughs> <laughs> do you know no, who wrote this song? No. Who wrote it? This is written by a Ukrainian by the name of Mikhailo Leontovich. Mikhailo was a uh, was a Ukrainian uh, who was born in the kind of turn of the century at the end of the imperial czarist time, right mm-hmm. before the czarist, uh, right before the Soviet Union uh, reclaimed Ukraine. Now, why am I telling you all this? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm telling you all this because this song was taken on tour as Ukraine went internationally in that interim period between the fall of czarist uh, Russia and the rise of the Soviet Union, that little window of, uh, of time about 100 years ago when Ukraine was a sovereign state. And they went around in what was a promotional tour, basically. And this was his song. It was based on a Ukrainian um, uh, village tune called Shadrik. Had nothing to do with Christmas, had nothing to do with winter solstice, had nothing to do with anything. But it was so beloved, especially in the United States, that they mm-hmm. eventually put uh, lyrics, English language lyrics to it. Mm-hmm. Again, there's a reason for my madness, why I'm playing this song, why I'm telling you this story. Because Leontovich was a Ukrainian nationalist. He was somebody who believed in the identity of Ukraine and that the Ukraine should be uh, independent of Moscow. Right. He was assassinated mm-hmm. by KGB, well, the precursors of the KGB. Right before they invaded Ukraine, they killed him because they mm-hmm. knew they push him out a window? That he would be. No, they poisoned him. It's one yeah. or the other with the Russians. Cement poison. Because they knew he was going to be a problem. Uh-huh. They knew he was going to be a problem. So there's, and I outlined this, by the way, in a vlog that I did last year for a Ukrainian Christmas vlog. And uh, I, you know, it's long, but it's cut up into chapters. So go check out that vlog if you're so inclined. But the reason I'm telling you this story is because like so many things in Ukraine, there is a beauty and a sadness to this story. Because while he was assassinated by Russians, the song itself was so beloved that it couldn't be extinguished. And to this day, we listen to that song. And right. Leon- Leontovich's creation couldn't be destroyed by the Russians. Hey. So I love that song. 
and uh, it it takes on special meaning for me now every year after right. having kind of researched the history of it. So when you're for the audience when you when you're listening to that song this year, give us know that it was Ukraine. written by a Ukrainian and it survived them trying to extinguish the Ukrainian identity. And I I will apologize. Uh, for not knowing it by either of those names and always just referring to it as the Ding Dong song. And uh, because they go, because <laughs> you're I, a classy guy like that. Yeah, because that's, you know, because that's the kind of Christmases we have in my house. Um, it's uh, you know, like, look, we when we stuff stockings, we mean it. Now, the um, if I may. TMI, hey, TMI. Uh, uh, that was an irony. Um, anyway, so. um uh, by the so way, Merry our, uh, Christmas, our, Happy Holidays, and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. That's uh, as we're so, now prop, prop, properly into the holiday season. That's great, absolutely. Well, let's, now uh, let's talk about let's talk about what's happening. Yeah, let's talk about what's happening here. Okay, so apparently uh, there were a lot of developments around the Kurson region, and uh, uh, there was a, a video I watched that was talking about how um, the Ukrainian forces have ad- advanced past uh, Krinky. Uh, and establish a foothold in a forest area where that's beyond the mm-hmm. line and that's been ma- causing a, a lot of panic. And since the weather, I guess, improved recently, um, um, they like the Russians tried to push back on this. They were bombing the areas, but they ran out of stuff and they ran out of guys. And so the it, basically the prep is done and it looks like the, what was supposed to be the spring offensive is actually a winter offensive. And, and that's what they're taking here. That it was always like, let's tell them it's a spring offensive, have them spend everything they can trying to stop it and then make it a winter defensive. It looks like they baited through the international press and through everyone else, the rest of the world into buying mm-hmm. that it's a spring offensive. And so that, that would explain why the Russians would fight so hard at Avdivka and other places because they think this is the final push. And then they spent all their munitions and their guys, and now they're left with this curse on advance with nothing to do, no, like nothing. Yeah. They're they're out of footage. I yeah, yeah. Sorry. Well, no, of, and, and they're 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 out of ammo and they're out of maneuver. Um, yeah, they're they're committed to Avdivka, which is uh, north of the area we're talking about. For those of you who don't have a Ukrainian map right in front of you, all mm-hmm. of the fighting is along the the river line, uh, the Dnipro, mm-hmm. which basically s- separates uh, Ukraine in half. There, the 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 Russians have committed themselves to a, a basically a tank battle. Mm-hmm. Um, outside, uh, uh, near, a, uh, well, in and around a town called Avdivka, which is kind of near Bakhmut and that kind of area, which there's, they continue to think that what they can do, apparently, this is the only explanation I can give for, for Russian military thinking is that they mm-hmm. think they can maneuver around, um, and, and cut off like Kharkiv, which is a uh, town in the Northeast and then kind of eke their way towards the river, cross the river, and then head towards Kiev. That's the only explanation I can give for their their military thinking because it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. What has happened is that while they were concentrating up there with their Russian uh, forces, the Ukrainians crossed the river down south uh, across the yep. river Dnipro, and they've been pushing out ever since. And what that means is that they are going to be closer and closer to cutting off the land bridge, which will legitimately put the Crimean Peninsula so intrinsic to the Russian sense of self as empire 
mm-hmm. um, that if they that they will the Ukrainians will be closer and closer to um, cutting that off, and that will be a defining moment of this war. And you're right; you're absolutely right in that um, the Ukrainians have said that. Uh, there is no limitation on when this offensive is going to be conducted. It is not right. a spring offensive. It's not a summer right. offensive. It's, 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 we're going to continue to take, now there's going to be limitations because yeah. we're, we're, we're in a period right now where things are going to turn to slush and there's going to be a lot of mud mm-hmm. and there's going to be, a, so there will be limitations on what they can do. But I, I'm not sure if they, I'm not sure if the spring offensive, quote unquote, that everybody talked about, yeah, um, was really kind of a ruse because I think they did want to achieve more uh, ground coverage. They wanted to, to mm-hmm. regain more ground than they were physically able to do because, unfortunately, the Russians were able to put so many minefields and and mm-hmm. defenses around the area uh, to the east of. Again, if you don't have your map out, there's a a town like halfway between these locations I'm talking about called Zaporizhia, yeah. and Zaporizhia right. directly to the east leads to uh, severing that land bridge. And and that I think is where they wanted to go. Um, but because of the defenses, they had to adjust. Uh, I don't think Kherson was ever out of the military strategic thinking because um, uh, Kherson is, is a really important city. Um, right. It's the only city that remained in Russian hands, and now there is no major city. But once mm-hmm. you cross the river, that once you've you've crossed that physical barrier, you're in a whole different world. So, mm-hmm. you know, Zelensky himself – has said that we're on the verge of a new phase in this war. Yeah. And I think that's what he's talking about. Um, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, as, well, as they an push example, out. And I'll show this on, online for people who are watching the live stream, uh, to talk there about what, Phil, yeah. So here's, here's the map of, uh, of, of the Kherson region where they have breached across this. And you can see that from the last time we looked, there, there was like, uh, there were, there were like openings that for, for people listening at home, we're maybe like on a on a big map pulled out about us, uh, you know, where, you know, like, uh, I don't know, an inch is about 10 kilometers or whatever. There was about like a quarter of an inch of distance in a couple of areas past the river. Um, now, the, there is um, a, a half an inch to a quarter of an inch across the entire range that has shifted this uh, this entire fight. I'll I'll even bring it in. Uh, further so people can see but initially the area that was very small right around one area is now fully extended all the way down to uh, effectively where it breaks away from the land and then right uh, into the the black sea that's right into the black sea so all the way down to a place called like hola pristin which is uh you know one of the smaller towns that still uh, you know, the Russians still have it, but this is all disputed or taken territory. It has widened immensely across these watery areas um, before mm-hmm. the freeze, which is kind of crucial to this. The other thing, too, is if people are looking at, at the live stream with this and in, in the map. And if you don't, if, if you're at home and you're just listening, you can go to deep state map dot live and they'll the deep state map they really do update it all the time using satellite imagery and and uh, geolocation services on stuff like that and they're keeping up they've been really tight to where uh territorial lines are 
both uh, the Ukrainians definitely have control, where the Russians definitely have control, and where there's any kind of disputed territories or back and forth. Um, a lot of this stuff. Well, of course, uh, of course, they should yeah. check out the map there. But more yeah. importantly, they should follow on the live stream because you won't see that's my right. lovely Santa hat or Chris, my that's right. Ukrainian Christmas gnome or Olga. Gnome. I mean, yeah. you got to watch here. I mean, I love. I that know. Now, I insist. I'm trying to be helpful to, to people who have, who, uh, you know, perhaps there are ADA reasons where they might ha- view or or hear the show or see I the show you. through different methods. There's all kinds of stuff that you know they might have addendums to. I'm I'm just being inclusive. But very what thoughtful. I will say, very thoughtful. Yes. What I will say. Oh, we got to we're we got to go past this break. When we come back, um, I want to talk about the fact that there used to be troops way up in the north, and there were almost none where this offensive across the Dnipro was happening. And now Russia has started relocating a bunch of these folks, but they don't have enough, and they're too sporadic. We'll show that when we come back. And it's reactionary, not proactive. That's right. They don't have a strategy. We'll be back. Attention, attention, stop what you're doing. Because we're coming back to the Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Oh my God! They went a little crazy with it, and I appreciate it. Now let's get back with Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Like, subscribe, give a thumbs up, support the show. Help us spread it around the interwebs. If you go to infotainmentwars.com, that'll take you to the YouTube channel. If you like the stream today, it bounces us up into the, hey, look what's live portion of the internet and helps us out in the algorithm. Makes a a lot of difference. And thank you guys for the super chats as well. Uh, Johnny Mayne and I will try and keep track of them. uh, And and for the cheers and bits on Twitch, uh, every little bit helps. And if you're on Facebook, you can use... uh, uh, stars. That's one of the ways that Facebook can allow you to support the show. Mm. Memberships are always available and you can also, uh, gift those to people on your respective website as it were. Uh, now, thank you, Bobby Brunswick. Thank you, Bobby Brunswick. There you go. So, um, you didn't go check on the cat. You went and got a cookie. Johnny million. I did both. Okay. All right. Well, as long as you do both. <laughs> so we were talking about before how, um, one of the, uh, uh, there's, Aww. uh, <laughs> She, yeah, she's ancient. Um, so we were talking about how, like, Avdivka, we've seen troop movements around that area. And for whatever reason, the Russians are just hell-bent on this Avdivka thing in the same way that they were after Bakhmut long-term. And I would argue that that's where the bait-and-switch part of this happens. Something's going on that that they seem to think that's crucial or somebody's got, whether Putin's just in a fever dream you know he's got a religious advisor you know like like nancy reagan's astrologer who's whispering in his ear and saying if you take of divka the gods will bless us you know maybe that's it because it doesn't make any strategic sense beyond that and and so much so they were holding back troops from this area where the ukrainians had made it across the dnipro and it started gaining territory and they have gained the entire area um, on the eastern side of the the Dnipro, from the river inlet at the top, the big opening, to the Black Sea. Now, that it's is Macbeth. now plain. When Burnham Forest will come to Dusanyain. That's right. That's what. It's exactly what happened. You it's see, exactly, yeah, it's exactly us up right. in spite of ourselves. Um, <laughs> it's a lovely thing. Um, <laughs> but like they're finally putting some troops in these areas, and most of them are like. You know, obviously pushing back a little bit in areas because they're starting to get nervous about it. And they've got some backup troops in this area, but they've got no supply routes because 
Sevastopol. Well, they even uh, they even they even pulled in some air power, which they're yeah you're reluctant to do because of Ukraine's air defenses. They 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 have called in fighter bombers, which they would never do unless yeah. they they felt that it was very that they were in well, a desperate position. Right, and that's uh, and, I, you know. And then the one other the, the the one other thing that I want to mention about this whole thing is that um, as they push out, as the Ukrainians push out uh, from their uh, foothold that they have on mm-hmm. th- this this side of the river, is that they they are they've basically already made it, but they are yeah. if they haven't completely made it, they're they're just within you know spitting distance of right. an entire forest section. Uh, in, in this area, and and forest provides cover, it provides defense, you know. So you can you can move uh, armored units, you can move infantry, you can uh, mounted infantry can go into these forested areas. Satellites won't be able to to, to pick them up as easily. Uh, they will be you know they won't be e- as easily pinpointed by artillery. Mm-hmm. This is a major strategic um advantage development right. uh for for the ukrainians it's you know this is it's just <laughs> it's it's getting to a point and i know i sound like a broken record but i but it's it's i can't tell you the time frame of when this is right. you know all going to happen but there are certain indicators where it's like oh this is this is going one way inevitably this mm-hmm. is going one way and the ukrainians are going to win this war the, right. the ukrainians are going to win this war let, let me let and me tell you this. so gonna be this, nutty a story that came out um that uh the state department has issued that it's uh its goal is to half russian revenues by 2030 so that Russia as a country is making half the money bringing it in mostly around exports mm-hmm. half russian exports by 2030 this was a, mm-hmm. uh, once they attacked Ukraine, this became the strategic kind of diplomatic end of this war. Um, I, I would like to let you know that they are way ahead of schedule and that on mm-hmm. top of that, um, there was uh, I did a story on my live stream about how, you know, remember in the beginning of this, Russia was going to force everybody to buy their oil in rubles. And that was one mm-hmm. of the things that shored the ruble up and made it magically superior to every uh, other currency. And there was all this story about how the ruble might be the new petrodollar and how China and everybody are out there and, and stupid America does not realize how powerful Russia is. Okay. Um, we found out this week that China only wants to buy Russian oil in yuan and India wants to buy it in rupees. Neither one of them will take rubles for the, for the oil exchange, even for their change. And the, the effectively because of the sanctions, the only thing you can buy with yuan, uh, you know, because the rest of the world doesn't want them either. Nobody's investing in China because of all the exodus of capital from China. Nobody wants it. Nobody needs yuan to do business in China. China's trying to suck up dollars so that they can pay their bond issuances and they can't get rid of yuan fast enough. So where's Russia going to spend those yuan? Back in China. Same thing with the rupee. Now, the rupee has a bigger audience in the rest of the world because it's a big functioning billion person economy and and there's more flow in it. But the the exchange 
of the rupee is pretty poor. Like you're not going to get a lot for them. There's too many in circulation because of the billion person economy. There's no way you can create a, a, a deep desire for rupees the world over because there's too many of them sitting around. That's one of those areas where if there's a lot of something, nobody wants it. <laughs> it's like, it's not, you can't charge a high price for it. Rupees in a different situation, but still not useful for anything, but buying from India. Well, Russia doesn't buy anything from India. They do buy a lot of stuff from China. And so effectively, the Chinese yuan, insofar as Russia's economy, has simply become a yogurt customer card, like a, a frequent buyer card or a, or a GameStop gift card or Starbucks points, I think is probably the best analogy is that you can only use them there. And our good friend Simonian herself was complaining, mm. apparently, on this show. Oh, today. yes. <laughs> she was very upset. She, well, she was uh, trying to, she was trying to put lipstick on a pig by saying, right. Oh, I buy lots of, I like, I, I buy like, uh, knockoff Gucci fakes and I buy, I have my yeah. new Chinese car, which I love so much. Like openly saying, Yeah, I can't afford, I can't right. afford, you know, the good stuff. So I'm now buying like, you know, cheap, yeah. cheap knockoff. Or- so, yeah. Uh, so she was uh, uh, saying that she has been compelled to purchase knockoffs. She claims that the quality of her knockoff off-brand Chinese clothing and shoes are excellent and that Chinese cars are equal to German-made brands. Well, they look <laughs> like them because they're sure built do. off the same frame and they have the same fabrication plant. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the, well, there's, and then, a reason, there's a reason why they call and BYD and- burn your driveway um, because <laughs> the – electric batteries in them are very dangerous remember all the remember all the like the hoverboards that were uh, bur- uh, like bursting into flames in people's garages the cheap like yeah. like two-wheeler hoverboards okay those are the same uh-huh. batteries that are in yeah. Chinese passenger why you cars. can't put that's why you can't put them in your in your checked luggage that's right that's right because they don't know where they're from and they could Burst into flames. That's right. Yeah, and, and then add to this the economic. I mean, we, we're we're openly now. Well, not openly. We, we now have a policy to take money from Russian oligarchs and give it to Ukraine for reconstruction. Yeah, I mean, there's now there's there's footage out in Russia's far east of them battling over, and we complain about eggs and 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 uh, yeah. you know, and um, and um, inflation in the United States. We haven't gotten to the point where they're having open fistfights over eggs like they are in the far east in in Russia. And yeah, keep in like mind the, that that the Russians like, like to the keep things Islands. connected right. to to the provinces. When it starts right. getting to St. Petersburg or Moscow, mm-hmm, out story. Yep, we'll be back right after this uh, with the more with your questions. Uh, Johnny Million is going to uh, farm some of those for us, and uh, Philip Bittner right after this. It's the Health Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPD Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. I know I'm only on one day a week. I get it. I'm going to have to jump on uh, GarageBand and start sawing something together. This is the house bar show. And then a guitar note. And then progressive. And all. Yeah, it's going to be good. Hey, how? Did you mean something like this? This is the house bar show. And then a guitar note. And then progressive. And all. Yeah, it's going to be good. The House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Yeah, it's going to be good. So there's a, a map uh, that I just showed on line two as well. These are uh, strikes, drone strikes by the Ukrainians in the uh, Russian held territories Ooh. and inside Russia by um, 
you know, by people in Russia. These aren't coming across the border. These are one of them might be a cross-border thing because it's hard to tell where the area is. But the rest of them on the inside of Russia are from, you know, uh, anti-Russian forces within Russia and that kind of stuff. And they also, and I'm sorry to tell Simonia in this, but um, the 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 series of strikes that happened recently where they've hit like nine places, the first targets were uh, two major railway lines between Russia and China. Uh, two Including railway lines. Including a tunnel. That's right, yeah, so, which are really hard to fix. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, it's bad enough fixing a bridge, but that's out in the open. Um, ask the Indian guys who were just trapped in the mine what it's like to bore out a new uh, tunnel. Before I get into another rant, though, uh, please, uh, Johnny Million, let's uh, throw a, a, a question Phil's way from our chat room. Absolutely. Yeah. We've got a question from Ed's 3D Tech. Uh, can you ask Philip about all the short circuits in Russia? I mean, their electrical grid is uh, in deep trouble. Uh, there's the there's the um, fifth columnists uh, inside uh, Russia blowing things up, and there's the fact that the <laughs> they have decided it's much more intelligent to send their electricians and their electrical engineers to a front line where they're just going to be chewed up um as as you know cannon fodder uh mm-hmm. instead of staying in Russia and helping with their electrical grid it's a whole combination of stuff and also they can you know that because of the sanctions they're having trouble getting replacement equipment and things like that i mean it's the strain on russia's infrastructure is enormous um mm-hmm. they like to ignore it they like to mm-hmm. pretend it isn't happening but it mm-hmm. is and We'll see how it goes this winter, but um, I mean that's if that's what the question if that's what he was asking me about. I mean that's the situation is the fact that their electrical grid is under such strain as and and it has a lack of manpower to repair it and can't repair it uh, can't get equipment from external sources to repair it. So they're you know they're going right. to have blackouts and things yeah. like that, yeah, but they have a propensity for suffering. So will they? On the other end of it, I would also like to bring up the fact that in 2019, when Donald Trump was, uh, uh, you know, historically people will remember how he uh, cradled the testes of Vladimir Putin at every op- opportune moment during his presidency. In 2019, um, the the U.S. and Russia exchanged a bunch of sort of uh, minor cyber warfare over their attacks on our power grid. And we, you know, we, they attacked multiple areas. Um, Our, our, whatever, CISA or whatever it is, the, the, our cyber command um, was constantly going, Russia is, is attacking hospitals. They're attacking power grid areas around hospitals Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. These are, but if Donald Trump wasn't so friendly with Vladimir Putin, these would have, these are acts of war. This will get people killed. And it became a, you know, a, a regular part of this guy. Uh, uh, Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov in 2019 said reports that U.S. cyber soldiers had put computer viruses on its electrical grid were a hypothetical possibility following the um, the, you know, the response that they had attacked us. So what we did was instead of just shorting stuff out, we sent them we, we put viruses in their electric grid some of which we triggered at the time some of which quite frankly might have been just sitting dormant 
And it's not like they update stuff like that in in Russia, you know, uh, on the regular. They take great care of their electrical grid um, because they don't. And I'll show you real quick on um, on on you know the chat. There's a um, the let's see, we pop this over here. But one of the biggest problems they have over there is uh, this is a paper from uh, from strategy page, but it's it, you can find it posted elsewhere. This is the only way I could find it in a, in a hurry that just was put out. Russia, sabotage, incompetence and corruption in Russia. The problem with their electrical grid has a lot more to do with uh, those three corresponding things. Idiots who don't know what they're doing. Corruption by people who have sold off insulating materials so that wires are bumping up against each other. I would argue that a bunch of their techs and their electricians have been sent to the war to die. And then mm-hmm. internal sabotage beyond that. Um, and this keep is, in mind, <clears throat> keep in mind, yeah. of course, the huge, vast areas of Russia, uh, you can't survive uh, unless yeah. you have electricity or heating. I mean, it goes to minus 30. I mean, this is crazy yeah. cold stuff. The, yeah, it's it isn't like they're going to knock. Yeah, they're not going to. The they knock out the power grid. They knock out the power grid in California or Texas or something. It's bad. It's real bad, as we've mm-hmm. seen, like, like in Texas, when we well, lost the yeah. grid in Texas. But it's it's not like, you know, minus 30, where like pe- people in the tens, if not hundreds of thousands will be at risk of dying. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. Well, we have we have a support structure. We have we have a, a diverse. Yeah, push comes to shove. And, also, we can yeah. we, we, can, we can also National get Guard, generators. Got, uh, yeah. Army Corps yeah. of Engineers. Yeah. We've got the National Guard. <laughs> we, yeah, we've got military options in almost every state that has that kind of draw, mm-hmm. especially Texas and California. Mm-hmm. If there's a situation like that, we can we can do stuff about it. If a fire we like happened in Hawaii yeah. happens in Russia, it just happens and keeps happening. Like there's no yep. there's no one coming. It just will burn itself mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, let's grab another question, Johnny. Sure. The next question is for me from David Fisher. Uh, they've got a question. Have you ever played a baritone guitar? My buddy has two of them and I think I need one. I have. They are very cool. I have, I have That's one it. as well. Right. So the I next du- question like, is I doubled, from Victor H. I doubled all the rhythm tracks on like, uh, the rhythm tracks on eight, eight songs on my, uh, on the zero one record with a, with a, with baritone a baritone guitar. Yeah. Hell you have yeah. to re reshape the riff but uh because the tuning's different but yeah, it does really give different. it a it gives it a sub bed just saying it's pretty great all right go ahead so the next question is from victor h ask philip about the train tunnel that got blowed up in eastern russia did you guys just talk well about there that? we go that's what we just talked about mm-hmm. you know and if you cut off <clears throat> you cut off things like that to china especially you know like a, a tunnel uh which you would then have to bore out again uh, and it will, you won't get it done in a winter. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's very, very smart. It's very smart cutting mm-hmm. off connections between China and Russia. Right. Let's grab another one, Johnny. Sure thing. From, uh, Connie Kelly, uh, SIM cards were discovered in the SHAHED equals 136 drones shot down in Russia or shot down mm-hmm. in Ukraine. They were on, Kiev Telecom. Is the telecom system safe? Question mark. Boards were taped down to the drones, not commercial. Yeah, I mean they're 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 taking these chips as they as they as they absorb. Well, also, they're made territory. A lot of those Kiev, a lot of those chips are made in China as well. Even though they're made for Kiev mm-hmm. Telecom, sure. And 
and that might be how they're getting access to them. That's another great. Is yeah. it secure? It's as secure as it can be right, right. now. Um, they're they're very well aware of it. Um, I mean, IT and IT defense, uh, cyber defense is a huge part mm-hmm. of uh, military spending. And I mean, I know guys that have been taken off of civilian IT projects and put onto military uh, IT projects, you know, defense of the, uh, of, of Ukraine sort of stuff. Um, I don't want to say that it is secure because frankly, I don't think it is, um, but they're, they're doing their best. Uh, but again, you know, the, the, a lot of talk was made, a lot of, you know, kind of snickering was done at the beginning of this war about like grabbing refrigerators and laundry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But those, those things, the smart ones, smart mm-hmm. fridges, smart, they yeah. have chips in them. Yep. And it, there's a and lot of speculation that that actually was what they were doing. Check this out. You know, so I'm sure Russia some has, of it was going to the provinces yeah. to boyfriends, you know, to girlfriends asking- and mistresses, but. Yeah, right. right. Um, yeah, they'll bring on the actual thing. You can take the chip out of it. And still, it'll keep stuff cold. It just won't tell right. you to, you need to buy eggs. The, uh, um, the, there was a big thing where they were asking um, Russians to donate their vapes when they're done. These like those mm-hmm. little vape things because they have a chip in them to regulate the heat and the electronics in there that you can use in these in drones. So everybody they were asking they were basically absconding with people's vapes. Yeah, the the ones right. that, yeah. The, by the way, and it, for those you don't that do that unless you're desperate. Yeah, exactly. And they they it, to reference which vape we're talking about. It's the one that looks like a pack of cigarettes with one cigarette sticking up out of the side, which is exactly the one that uh, Republicans said one of the maggots that attacked the Capitol. It was proof that he was an FBI agent yeah, showing his right, badge yeah. to people because yeah. he he showed them all I've got is a vape when he was walking in the building. Cause they didn't know what he had in his hand. And they were like, is they thought it, it's, is that a, is somebody asked him, is that a gun? And he showed it to them, whatever. Like he's flashing a badge. And then everybody did a image search on it. It was like, it's a vape. Um, yeah. So that, flash those very same ones to the Congress. That's right. That's all you need. <laughs> so uh, let's see, let's grab another one, Johnny. We'll get a quick sure. one before we get to Laura break. Henderson. Please ask Phil how president Zelensky and his family are holding up. Hmm. Oh, his family. Um, I mean, he's he's spoken about this in the past. It, it, it's a real strain. It's a real strain because they can't. It's too dangerous for them to, um, you know, be together for any extended period of time. So his wife and his children are generally kept in a separate location. So, you know, I mean, it's you can see the strain. On Zelensky, uh, the physical strain. It's like our, you know, it's a, a, a normal president, unlike our last one, um, always kind of comes out of the office looking worse than he, than when he went in. I mean, you look at oh, Obama, yeah, right. where you know the gray, the gray hair, and all the rest of it. Um, yeah. it, it Zelensky has aged, you know, twenty years in the last, mm-hmm. you know. Sure year and a half it's but um you know there there's still from all outward appearances there's still very much a unified family and uh she has been a very impressive first lady so um let's hope this war ends soon so that they can go down to odessa which is apparently where zelensky wants to go and put his feet up and have a beer and spend spend some time with his kids he's missed a whole chunk of their life so but it, it looks like they're, despite the the, the strain, are are still unified. But you know, right. who knows from the outside? Well, let's, 
Yeah, let's take a break. We'll have more questions after we come back. Um, it's the House Parts Radio program, Mega Worldwide. Phil joins us um, from Ukraine every week on the in the second hour of the show. And then, of course, on my Wednesday uh, live stream, the Hump Days with Hal live stream that I do uh, at InfotainmentWars.com and on Twitch and elsewhere, he joins me as well for the second hour. So we talk about these things because there's so many updates. A lot of times we don't get to get into the deep parts of it. And on that one, he can swear. So, you know, it, it's helpful. <laughs> but anyways, we'll be we're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. I am happy, you are happy, let us be happy together, whether the weather is cloudy or sunny, I will always be a funny honey bunny, I am lucky, you are lucky, let us get lucky together, whether the weather is cloudy or breezy, I'll be there to say, hey, come on, let's take it easy, because isn't it nice to have the friends that you do, and isn't it nice that the sky is so blue, and isn't it nice to say I love you, chugga chugga choo choo, woo I am smiling, you are smiling, let us smile together, whether the weather is cloudy or stormy, I will still be there in the morning, I'll be right by your side in the morning, I'll make you breakfast in the morning, I hope that you like cereal. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I, uh, I, I have a really nerdy happy ending uh, thing that I want to talk about, is, uh, um, and it involves goo. Um, as many of the things that I... Uh, I like there's a new thing I just want to bring out called uh, uh, GDP. Uh, it's not what we usually it's uh, gel dispersed printing, effectively, or gel dispensing printing, which is, um, you know, how, like you, some people may know of like resin printing where you take this this plate of resin and then a laser will heat into the resin as it as it goes through at different layers at different depths. And it will print the thing in the resin. And then you take it off and you have to clean it in alcohol and it stinks and all that kind of stuff. But it but it makes really beautiful 3D prints, very smooth. You know, they look like full sculptures and the like. Well, apparently MIT has come up with this new way of 3D printing stuff in gel. And you don't even all you gotta do is wash it off. It just come it's like in this like vat of goo. I don't even like hold on, let's see if I can do this. Well, I wasn't hungry before. But now you will be. I'm <laughs> going to try and find a video of it. Yeah, um, that doesn't uh, uh, embarrass everybody. But um, it is amazing. Um, the like they've come up with this. This is a. I can't do this. Hold on. Don't play this uh, I, audio. Um, this is so amazing. I'll switch over to this so people can see it on the live stream, whatever. And I know this is nerdy and silly, but it's effectively they just put this. Uh, there's this gel that's in there and now you are whatever you're printing is not affected by the gravity and weight of the thing that is above it the way it is in 3d printing which mashes down on stuff and they have come up with this system and apparently um after you're done and it's really fast and after you're done you just take it out and wash it off and the goo that's still in there is reusable for the next one and the like and i uh, I can't wait to get my hands gooey working on the hello uh, on this. But <laughs> but again, one of the biggest things we talk about in manufacturing and nearshoring and the changing of how things are going to work with AI and all these things and how they're going to change the markets around the world and how you're not going to have to wait for parts from China to do stuff. And you only, you know, especially if you only need them for a short run, you know, that's what cheap. That's what cheap labor is about is like short runs of products, not stuff that's permanent. You could set up a factory that makes bullets the same caliber forever and ever and ever. But if you need a variance in something, that's what gets expensive. And in this particular instance, um, they are making this stuff and it is gorgeous. And it and this means that small businesses can prototype stuff faster than anything else. They are not it, it doesn't 
affect it's not affected by gravity it's uh the way regular 3d prints or resin ones are same and it's i'm not affected i for, think i forgot to tell you how i'm not you're not affected by, by gravity, gravity? Mm. you're not i uh well i i found i cry every time i hear that uh our lady peace record um but the movie didn't do anything for me so i don't know what to tell you well my um, my only happy ending yeah. is just a little bit more of Shadrick, the Carol of the Bells. Yep. Very exciting. This entire holiday season, gonna, folks, every yep. time you hear this song, I want you to think of uh, dear old Mikola Leontovich and Ukraine mm-hmm. and think of the cultural contributions that they've given and how much we continue and need to continue supporting That's this. That's right. You don't get this kind of stuff from despotic. Okay, no, it's all very harsh. It's all very Wagnery. Very harsh. Um, and very right. Wagnery. Yes. <laughs> let's, Although uh, I do let's love gra- my Prokofiev. Sure. Yeah, well, ahead. I mean, it, uh, art is how you escape authoritarianism. A lot of times, and sometimes the the worst here, here. times create the best the best art because the people underneath it uh, they have to be very clever in infusing their uh, their revolutionary ideas and the like into it. You know, in, so hoping the king is stupid enough not to notice. Yeah, it's, it's always exactly. Yeah, Johnny Melly, do you have a happy ending of any sort that we should be aware of? And I do, but it's actually in the form of a question from one of the chat. All right, um, sure. The PHKO wanted me oh, to yeah. ask Phil what. Oh, do you know what Santa's elves' favorite music is? Oh dear. Okay, I'll bite. What is uh, Santa's Elves? It's rap music. music. Uh, Ba-da-boom, man. Hey, there you go, there you go, there you go. Rap music, that's great. They said it wouldn't work. Hold on. And they said we wouldn't. Oh, you made him leave. I hope you're happy. Oh, God. Gravity is suddenly not affecting Phil. We we lost Phil, and it only cost us one dad joke. Um, Have I ever showed you guys this? This is what Santa's elves build in Ukraine. This is a this is a wooden HIMARS missile system. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, that's amazing. Who, who doesn't want this? Who doesn't want this as a stocking stuffer? Right, you know, that's little amazing. Wooden, little wooden HIMARS. Hey, well, you know, I don't know why it'd be weird to do that when you have like little green army men that are actually in the movie Toy Story, and we've had those forever. You know, sure. Uh, some of them holding guns or, or crouching near a tank or something like that. When you have those things or whatever, it's just a modern version of that. Everybody in the chat is like, I want one. I need one. We'll try and post a link <laughs> where you can get one um, uh, after the show. Uh, let's grab another question before we run out of time there, Johnny. Uh, sure. Um, this is from Campfire Talk. Question for Phil. Have you seen the mural in Kiev, Defenders of Light, dedicated oh. to the forces? Yes, I have. It's so beautiful. It's, it's really we have a we have a series of murals in this city, uh, and um, my favorite uh, before this one uh, was this kind of elfin uh, embodiment of uh, Kiev with like architecture built into her. But this thing that just was unveiled this week is a it's a depiction of a guy with an uh, anti you know, anti-air missile system on it, you know, a shoulder launch thing. But then, but then, and this is what I love about the Ukrainians so much, but then right beside him is the, is the civil engineer 
who's going to fix whatever gets broken. I mean, they, they glorify not only the, the armed physical defenders of this country, but they, they, they recognize and they, they make heroes out of the guys that fix stuff and keep things Mm -hmm. ticking over. I mean, this entire country has this sense of unity that I have rarely seen in my life. And it's, it's a beautiful mural. I suggest anybody, I mean, I'm sure it's very easy to look up, just do a, you know, defender of whatever the air or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That they, they, it's going to be easy to find, but it's a, it's a beautiful mural. Yes, I have seen it. It's great. That's, that's great. Um, and, and, um, I do think it's another thing I would like to remind everybody that when we talk about on this show, if we, uh, thank vets for their service or we remind people to be thankful to them, that includes people in the motor pool and medics, of course, and everybody mm-hmm. else who keeps things running. You're the, here. The guys who build the ships and service the ships and service the mm-hmm. stuff because Just we, as long guys as they who cook the food. Captured because guys that cook food. Oh. Yeah. As long as they don't, yeah. Um, but for the record, yeah, the, the, that reason is, and we, I think that's been that stark contrast between us and Russia for that very distinct reason is that those are the people not only that they forget about, but that's they just blow off that part. And so a lot of their soldiers have died. Let's be abundantly clear. Uh, the, the Ukraine's you know, Ukraine's are doing very well. We're providing them with a decent amount of hardware and they are definitely bringing it to the Russians. But a, st- a statistically significant number of Russians die because the stuff they are working with is substandard, ineffective, or blows up in their face. A truck that doesn't get them where they're going, so they die because they can't escape or they can't move forward. A, a gun that misfires and or jams up when they're taking fire and then they end up getting killed. Or, or again, rounds and munitions and stuff that are just poorly constructed that blow them to pieces while they're trying to launch them. Now, I don't necessarily... And if I can say... And case, if I, but, no, I don't either. But And can I just say, having covered the U.S. military for uh, nearly 30 years, let's keep in mind... Uh, that those guys, whether they're peeling potatoes or whether or not they're defending us with aircraft, you know, or, or artillery or tankers or whatever, they're away from their families this season. Yep. They're deployed. They're all over the place. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it, it, there's no, there is no difference in my mind between the guy who changes the oil on the Humvee and the guy who mm-hmm. is out there, you know, at the, at the sharp end of the stick. So be, bear in mind our, our, our men and women in uniform this summer, uh, rest right. of this summer, this season. Um, mm-hmm. because, uh, God bless them. Absolutely. Um, and by the way, that was also made very obvious this week when uh, Major General Vladimir Zavad- Zavadsky, v- Zavadsky oh, yeah. uh, who's a Russian general who was on the front lines, uh, I think, up near the um, Abdivka area. Um, Abdivka. He, uh, he, uh, he stepped on a Russian mine and, and was killed. He was blown up by one of his own mines. Up. Yep. Uh, yep. He perished, quote, as a result of a mine explosion in the rear area and not a military clash. With the enemy, which was nowhere near, right? Which is nowhere in the rear area. Yeah, he got he, <laughs> a step back. This is not you know, somewhere generals should be walking around. By the way, this this tells you how that bad much vodka are. in their right, belly. Do we have time for one last question, yeah. real quick? Sure. Ad has a question. Um, Phil, have you heard of parents in Ukraine reuniting their children um, were kidnapped and taken to Russia? 
Yes, I have. It's a wonderful, wonderful program. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Michaela Kuleba who runs it. Uh, I've met Michaela a, a few times. He's a wonderful man with a very big heart. Um, and, and, and the bravery of these, uh, 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 you know, uh, secondary and tertiary family members who have to petition to get these, these young children who, let's face it, are being ethnically cleansed and taken to Russia against their will. And they go and they petition them uh, and say, you know, no, this is my blood and flesh and I want them back. And, and Kuleba does wonderful work. In addition to that, uh, of course, there's my dear friend, Dr. Erwin Redliner, who runs the Ukrainian Children's Action Project, uh, a, a program which I support wholeheartedly and which I suggest, you know, if you want to contribute and make a contribution this, this winter and this holiday period, uh, er, Dr. Erwin Redliner, the Ukrainian Children Actions Project. Um, you can't find a finer um, uh, way to 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 give this season. So it's happening, Amen. thank goodness. And and what the Russians are doing uh, is a crime. And I hope, I seriously pray and hope that the, that there will be a comeuppance for them because it is clear and f- f- and just fully, it's um it's ethnic cleansing. Yep. Thanks so much, Philip Bittner. Thank you for being with us and bringing the human touch to all this. And enjoy Uh-oh. the holidays, everybody. We'll see you guys next week. Johnny Million, you're wonderful. I adore you. No, and you. you're fantastic and talented. And, super. and I, wish I, I wish I could do better by you. I wish I could give you a neck rub right now. Not do that. Whatever. I'll, I'll pet the cat. We'll be Bye-bye, we'll be everyone. Week. See you later. Take care. Uh, like, subscribe, give a thumbs up, support the show. See you later. Take care of yourselves and take care of somebody else. And happy holidays and Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll see you soon.